0: Hey Courtney. Hey Sasha. Knock knock. Who's there? No one. No one who? No one lives here. But I'm answering the door. No you're not.
1: I am. No. But I live here.
0: No you don't. Yes I do. No this is a ghost town. It can't be a ghost town. I live here. No you don't. I don't. You don't. Is it Spoop Hour? It's Spoop Hour.
1: Most existential joke ever. (laughs) Are we all really here? Are we even here? We just don't know. Welcome back to Spoop Hour, the podcast that just doesn't know.
0: I'm Sasha. I'm Courtney. (laughs) <laughs> the jingling is the cat. Her name is uh, Zelda. <laughs> you can find us on all podcatchers at this point. Probably. Um, probably. Yeah. If we're not on a podcatcher, let us know and we'll um, figure that out. Make us be on there. You can always reach out to us at Spoop hour on Twitter, on Instagram, yeah. and then SpoopHour at com, where you can talk to us, send in your scary stories. Uh-huh or your weird stories or just to say hey or hey why haven't you talked about this thing that i care about right yeah yeah actually today i was think when i was doing my research i was like why haven't we talked about this thing that i care about yeah and why i was like haven't oh we? I, I just, like, I could make that decision. <laughs> you do. You're in charge of so. content here. <laughs> so, I'm every talk- week a text goes out and it's me texting you being like, what do you want to record about? Here's some brainstorms that we have in our calendar. And I got really excited about today's and then I was like, have we talked about this thing? No, we haven't talked about this thing. <gasps> I get to talk about this thing. Yes. And then also my mom emailed the Spoop Hour account, which is cute because she has my real
1: email account. To suggest a topic, too. And I was like, oh, that would be interesting to talk about. I would be interested. But also,
0: Mom, you can just call me. I mean,
1: again, she can call me. She can email me at my actual email address. it's nice that she emails us
0: at our, like, podcast email. It's (laughs) cute. And
1: sometimes she addresses it in case you're the one who sees the email. Uh So she won't sign, like, love, Mom. She'll sign, like, love, Beverly. (laughs) You can can sign
0: off love, Mom. I still appreciate it. (laughs) Anyway. You're not my mom, but I still appreciate the sentiment. <laughs> we're a paranormal comedy
1: podcast that really enjoyed the process of coming up with that joke. Basically, Sasha and I were both standing at the window upstairs just, like, looking out. And then I go, oh, fuck, we can't record yet. We don't have a joke. And <laughs> Sasha came up with that brilliantly existential, like...
0: Just off the top of my head. Yeah, and yeah. just
1: us riffing created it into this beautiful But thing. also,
0: like, looking out the window, we have a very large window that overlooks the woods. Yeah, <laughs> and There's, like, a nice creek and all the leaves have started falling yeah, off the trees. So it's just very, like, vacant out there. Yeah. And so it was just, like, us looking at nature <laughs> and thinking <laughs> no about existence. Here. No one lives it here. Was, it was really nice. It was great. Yeah. It was a fun
1: joke. I went for a walk outside today. I didn't kill a spider that I encountered. Like wow. I'm living my best self. Well, Basically, there. I know. It's cause I finally I had a sticker from our university on the back of my car mm-hmm. and it like got really gross. So I was like, I'm gonna scrape this off and put a new one on. My mom got me a new one for my birthday. And I couldn't get the old one to fully scrape off. And so I was like, I'll get Goo Gone and tried it. And then I went to the grocery store today and forgot to get Goo Gone. <laughs> and Sorry. instead I used, I have this ruler that is inexplicably, it has really sharp edges. Yeah. Even though it's a ruler and I've had it for like, I don't know, 20 years. <laughs> so I managed to scrape off the remaining sticker mm-hmm. with that. And then I like was like wiping down so I could put the new stickers on. And while I was wiping down, a spider was like, Hey, bitch, guess I live in the back of your car. And I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) And I didn't kill it. Wow. Even though I saw it shooting web out of its butt, and I got really uncomfortable, but I let it live. Amazing. I did try to scare it off by thwacking the ruler really hard near it, Mm -hmm. but that didn't work. It was just like, I'll settle in on the windshield wiper that's back here. So that's fine. (laughs) Well, if it rains. (laughs) Yeah, get fucked, spider. (laughs) Aw. I let it live. Yeah, you but let it live. There my mercy ends. <laughs> to quote Batman, I won't kill you, but that doesn't mean I have to save you.
0: Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Did anything spooky happen to you this week? I guess now that daylight savings time is over, it's just yes. very dark when I leave work, and this yeah. week was the end of the term. If you guys remember me on the last episode, I was just like, uh, uh, the entire time. <laughs> but I got all my grades done, Yay. but it also I had to stay at work until like, Six o'clock all week, and the sun went down at five, Mm -hmm. and so my classroom got just uncomfortably dark. Yeah, and my classroom's usually uncomfortably bright, and so like would get like really dark, Mm -hmm. and it was really spooky. But luckily, Thursday. so grades were due Thursday at midnight, uh-huh. and I was worried about being the last person in the building. Uh-huh. I was not. There were like four other English teachers Yay! in my hall when I left at six. So um, we were all struggling together, which was nice. The other creepy thing that happened to me... Yes. So... I'm going to find a way to squeeze Kingdom Hearts into this Ugh. podcast. You get that one pod, minute. It comes out so soon. All right. Um, and 60 seconds starts now. <laughs> but there was a new trailer that came out and had Winnie the Pooh. Uh-huh. And I like to watch the trailers in both Japanese and English Short. because you sometimes get a little bit of different footage or right. like, just different translations. Right. And I love Jim Cummings as like the regular voice of Winnie the Pooh, like, yeah. oh, Christopher Robin. Right. Oh, oh. hello, you General Kenobi. Yeah. <laughs> But the Japanese voice for Winnie the Pooh is not good. Oh no, what's it like? It's, it's, I don't know how to explain it. Oh no, you're right. I can, can, um. yeah, let's play this. Yeah, let's play it.
1: Cool, while you do that, I'll tell us a little bit about our snack. Yeah. We have, on Friday night, I made cookies. And these are pumpkin cookies with a chai glaze. They turned out pretty well. If I make them again, which I probably will, I'm probably gonna up the chai in the glaze just just for, you know, I like chai taste and there should be more chai taste to it and I told myself when I got home on Friday I was like, okay, at 7 I'm making cookies and then I was like flopped on the couch and it was super dark and I was
0: like, oh no, oh, it's gonna be like 8.30, yeah.
1: it's too late for me to make cookies and then I looked at my phone and it was 7 and I was like or it wasn't even 7, it was like 5 till 6 and I was like,
0: Yeah, yeah, cause oh. I was home at that point point. Yeah. you were like, oh. And I was like, no, no, no it's, it's 9, fine. 6, yet. No, I've got lots of time alright, hit me. Okay, I found it. Oh. No, <laughs> I'm gonna be laughing like <laughs> <from> now on, <laughs> but I don't nightmares. know but so I watched it in the car in the dark last night coming back from Harrisonburg and yeah. was like uh, <laughs> this was a mistake <laughs> this was a mistake It sounds just,
1: like a serial killer that prides himself
0: on being like cute. So and you, it's like, just
1: weird oh I'm not going to kill you like, quickly
0: you'd, you'd think that by mm-hmm. now I would have heard Winnie the Pooh's Japanese voice yeah as but someone no. who's Japanese, but I've apparently never. Well, um, your parents
1: did a good job raising you. you from wrong in the world. But,
0: yeah, and then I guess the other thing was I was in Harrisonburg, and I just, I heard our, the bell tower uh, at yeah. JMU make its bell tower noise. <laughs> It plays the school song. Well, that, but then also just the, just the, bong. like, bong, bong, yeah. and I was like, there's a ghost up there. Oh, there's,
1: like, 14 ghosts. I'm just kidding. I don't think JMU is haunted, like, at all. It's, it's not, there's, Except like, by stories, ghosts.
0: but it's not, like, that terrible. Yeah. Where the Performing Arts Center now, is now, we used to be a crematorium. Oh, okay. Yeah. Fine. Yeah, my American history professor liked to tell us about the crematorium that used to be there yeah. when he was a student, because he was like, yeah, you'd be, like, having a really nice day on the quad, and you just, like, look out a upon (laughs) death and be reminded of your mortality. Ah,
1: memento mori. Remember, you too shall die.
0: Yeah. And now, like, JMU's built up everything around there. Do you remember that weird, like, ammo shop that was on um, Gray Street? Is it gone now? It's a parking deck. Oh! There's, there's, four parking decks now on the Gray oh, Street. Dang. There's, There's that one. Yeah. There's Warsaw. There's yeah. something called Mason Deck and oh. there's Gray Street Deck.
1: Yeah, last year was <laughs> when I drove through the campus and I, like, did not recognize yeah. anything and my significant other was in the car with me and he was like, why aren't you telling me what we're driving past? Because I was like, we'll do a tour of JMU and I was like, it's because I don't know what that's, any of this shit is. That's the
0: spookiest part of JMU <laughs> is how much it changes. It I went to the new D Hall yesterday. Yeah. Who oh boy? It's a really pretty building. I was very uncomfortable. Yeah. I like, and that's the other thing is like, you know, when we talk about ghosts and spirits or whatever, mm-hmm. like we talk a lot about vibes. We talk about vibes, and it's like I think because it, it just felt like kind of a lim- weird liminal space. Yeah. Because like Jack and I went down together, and like both of us went to the same school. Yeah. And we were both just like. Um, we could like we could like distinctly remember what old D Hall used to be like Yeah. and we were so just like shaken by this like new building cuz we were like this st- none of this makes sense to us Yeah. and we could like still sense exactly like where on the property we were standing and like what would have been where we yeah. were sitting cuz I think where we were sitting inside D Hall was technically where Market 1 was. Oh, no, was just, I loved Market 1. Yeah. Well and, like now downstairs is kind of like a Market 1 type yeah. thing with like lots of restaurants but it's like all different rest- oh. food options now. It's it's just very strange. A bummer. Yeah, but it was just there are a lot of weird vibes at JMU yesterday. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well,
1: the spooky thing that happened to me—tell me, you tell me was it was just silly. So I was at my boyfriend's aunt's house yesterday, mm-hmm. and it was cold. So we were in the front room, sitting next to a roaring fire. Nice and How lo- romantic. It was so romantic. Long story short, we were talking about this upcoming week because my boyfriend's work has a conference. Mm-hmm. So. It wraps up on Wednesday. Traditionally, we have had, like, a long-standing date night on Wednesdays. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you know, you're going to be tired from the conference. If you need to cancel date night, it's not a big deal. Mm -hmm. And he was like, no, no, like, I'm going to be tired, but, like, it'll be nice to see you and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, yeah, but I don't want to impose or anything. And Mm -hmm. right as I said that, the fire, like, exploded. Like, giant just... and like there's like the little spurt of flame like where the, fl- the what is this oh, No god so that's when we realized satan ships us nice. so thanks dark thanks lord satan. that was encouraging and so we were like, well, I guess we have to have date night because Satan's like, you're going to fucking have it. You're going to fucking love it. <laughs> oh, my
0: God. Oh, I just thought of another spooky thing. Yes, we had to eat a cookie. We had to talk about ghosts this week in my English, in my IB English class. Spooky. Because we're about to start Beloved. Spooky. And we were having one of the discussion questions that I have. I, I pose a bunch of different, like, agree, disagree questions before we start a new novel. Oh, do you believe in ghosts? And one of them, a bunch of them are, like, about, you know, murder and slavery and rape and all of this. But then there's the one s- silly one that's just, like... Ghosts are imaginary and only exist in stories. <laughs> and, real or not real? And I just, I and I looked at them and I was like, I'm really excited to find out what you guys all think because <laughs> I'm really into the paranormal and the occult. And they were like. <laughs> Oh, because <laughs> I haven't, I, I don't still... I, like, I think I've told like one student total that I have a podcast, Oh, but I was just like, I'm into that kind of shit. <laughs> I want to <laughs> know what you guys are. I want to know if you you're think. into that kind of shit. So I'm just, I was excited that my kids weren't total haters Yay! today or this week rather.
1: So what are we talking about today? Ghost towns. If you would like, we have a listener
0: story. <gasps> wow. Subject line. It wasn't my sister. <laughs> That's
1: why I've already read this one. Cause like I saw that subject line and I was like
0: click. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this is from um, a listener named Cassie. Thanks, Cassie. Oh, and who's also a murderino. Hell yeah, she is. Hell yeah. Well, thank you for listening to our podcast. We're really yes. Thank you. We were just talking about how we're like still amazed that people listen to us. Yes. Thank you for so being. Thank one you of them. for being one of them. You're a great person. Also, I hope you're staying sexy and not getting murdered. Exactly. So, Cassie shares that she's finally taking the time to write in with her favorite spooky story. Yes, Queen. Ooh, so let's hear it. right, when I was around seven or eight, my family of six lived in a tiny two-bedroom house. Due to this, I developed a habit of falling asleep on the living room couch to avoid being cramped in a single room with my three sisters. Makes sense. I woke up on the couch one night facing the enormous wooden monstrosity of an entertainment center we had. I sensed movement at the corner farthest from me, Mm -hmm. and it was only then that I realized I could not move. Move! I squinted in the dark towards the movement and saw what I thought was my older sister's head peeking out from behind it. I wanted to call out to her to quit it but could not talk. She then dramatically shot 1 foot out from behind the entertainment center and began to creep towards me. Oh no. <laughs>
1: uh-huh. Don't she, care for that shit. Mm-mm.
0: She was moving in a fashion that I can only describe as cartoonishly creepy. Picture what a character in an old Looney Tune would do to creep towards someone. Knees bending up way higher than intended. Hands up by either side of the face with the fingers in claw formation. Huge unsettling grin. Courtney, please stop that. (laughs) It's too
1: scary. I was doing it, but I'm also holding a
0: pillow. (laughs) No, don't do it. (laughs) With a huge unsettling grin grin spread across on the face. I don't like the smile. Me neither. (laughs) It's horrifying to see a human do. Yeah, Courtney. (laughs) I wasn't doing the smile. But you were doing everything else. I was sitting. It's fine. I have a pillow. I was just doing bicycle crunches. (laughs) (laughs) When this figure got halfway to me, I realized it was not my sister. It was some other girl around her age I've never met. Oh, God. I lay there terrified. I still couldn't move or scream. All I could do was watch this fucker creep towards me until its face was an inch from mine. Oh, fuck. Fuck. Mm. <laughs> that huge grin, was, oh God, was still on its face. Out of nowhere, it disappeared, and finally, I was a- able to move. I shot up from the couch and ran to my shared bedroom. I've suffered from sleep paralysis throughout a lot of my life. This is the first incident of it that I can remember. I haven't had many episodes with concrete visual hallucinations, but mm-hmm. of the ones I've had, this first one was the most realistic to date. I had no idea what sleep paralysis was for years after this incident, and it terrified me. Mm-hmm. Needless to say, I didn't mind sharing a room after that night. Oh,
1: God. Cassie. Cassie. Pumpkin. <sighs> oh, I'm glad you're alive, though.
0: <sighs> Upset. Sleep, sleep paralysis is one of those things that I'm, like, very thankful that I've never, like, experienced. experienced. Yeah. Because when I've read stories about sleep paralysis, I'm just like, "Uh uh-uh. Yeah. Like, I've woken up with, like, terrible nightmares, but, like, never sleep paralysis.
1: As regular listeners know, I frequently have horrible nightmares, Mm -hmm. but I don't know that I've ever had actual sleep paralysis. Yeah. The closest I would say I came was when I was nine and we were living in Japan. I had the worst nightmare of my life, and I might have actually been awake and sleep paralyzed mm. i'm not sure cuz like it took me a long time to be able to like run into my parents room right cuz i could not move and it was basically just like your standard i slept with a nightlight mm. cuz again crippling nightmares and there was this horrible face in my window. Oh, no. And, like, I could not move or do anything about it. And, like, it ruined me for ages. But Oh, God. Yeah. I'm going to be thinking about Cassie's story right for a while. while. Cassie, we hope you don't have sleep paralysis anymore. And we hope that you don't have creepy things coming after you, I guess. Right. <laughs> Alright, so now that that's out of the way and we're upset Oh dang, this cookie is good Right, girl? Mm-hmm. Mm. So I kind of fucked it up because it's supposed to have oats in it and I got started on the process of making it and I realized I didn't have enough flour so I had to run to the grocery store and buy flour and in all of that hoopla I forgot that it was supposed to have oats in it so then I just like put them in the oven and I was like, oh fuck, <laughs> oh well Well, so it's still delicious They're like pillowy muffin tops, it's mm. great so today we're just gonna be looking at some very spooky, haunted ass, like creepy, liminal spaces where people used to be and are no more.
0: D-Hall at JM <laughs> <laughs> First
1: and foremost. God. Yeah. That makes me so mad. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, because we settled on this topic, I have had the Fratelli song This Old Ghost Town stuck mm. in my head for like four days. Which is, it's a fun song. If you like the Fratellis, you should check it out. So this is my short one. I have four stories. One is kind of short, so we're going to start with the short one. And then the other three are longer and more fucked up. So we'll just get more fucked up as we go. Hmm. So, starting with Rhyolite, Nevada. Rhyolite, Nevada was established in 1904. And it was once a booming town with gold in its quartz mines. Gold! There's gold in those quartz mines. This is the best possible thing. I will say, I did title my notes, there hasn't been a ghost town here in 47 years, because old-timey prospectors all the time. <laughs> I was thinking
0: at this point, just, there hasn't been a town here in 47 years. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess that makes yeah, more sense. because it's a ghost town. Yeah.
1: There hasn't been a bathroom there in 35 years. Anyway, in Rhyolite, after its establishment in 1904, there was a financial crisis in 1907, and then the mine closed down in 1911, so Rhyolite was like, well, I guess we're fucked, and Mm -hmm. they were. By 1916, it was a complete ghost town. Visitors to Rhyolite report hearing voices from long-abandoned buildings that still stand, so they're pretty dilapidated, but you can hear voices, so that's Mm -hmm. fun. The most well-known ghost story that has come out of Rhyolite is that there was once a gold prospector who brought in a bunch of gold nuggets to be appraised, like, Pokemon-style, hmm? where you get a bunch of nuggets and you sell them and you get 5,000 Pokebucks. I don't know the... Yeah,
0: yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I've never... I just know it has the little P that was yeah. like the N sign. Yeah, yeah. Pokebucks,
1: I assume. The gold prospector ran his mouth around town about his gold nuggets... And unfortunately, the wrong people heard about it.
0: And wanted to play with his gold nuggets.
1: (laughs) Yep, they were like, can I play with your gold nuggets? That's all that happened. Just (laughs) kidding. The town barber
0: poisoned him and stole his gold. (laughs) I was just thinking about gold nuggets and Quintama. Oh!
1: Oh. This was a thing that I was not familiar with. Yeah. And now I know. (laughs) Yay! (laughs) So, the prospector's ghost still hangs around with his gold nuggets- for the world to see. Nice. I <laughs> love it. He we- he is usually seen as a brown shadow wearing a big floppy hat, which is a pretty good detail. I like to imagine that he's also wearing like overalls that like the butt is open yes. on. Like full old timey prospector style. So, so you can see his gold Gold nuggets. nuggets. <laughs> Also, weirdly, about the town of Rhyolite, there's a bunch of fiberglass statues. Okay. So there's one of like ghost capes styled after The Last Supper. There's a miner who has a penguin. Nice. And there's a 20-foot-tall pixelated nude woman. And also a ghost next to a bicycle called the Ghost Rider. <laughs> a pixelated nude woman. <laughs> I know. I'm like, what the fuck does that even mean? Like, so I so like she's
0: like censored?
1: Well, no, it's it's literally like pink and yellow blocks. Oh. So there she is. Oh, she's just like, she's it's like a Minecraft, It's like a nudie Minecraft, <laughs> you know, for when you want to play Minecraft, but also you want to see some titties. <laughs> Isn't
0: so, that how we all play Minecraft? I mean, what's I don't the play, b- I don't play Minecraft. I, I don't, don't even know Minecraft what it is.
1: Either. I assume it's only about titties and making like very rectangular penises. If you play Minecraft and that's not how you play
0: Email SpooPower at gmail.com. If you live in Nevada or have been to Nevada and you've seen these fiberglass statues, let us know. Yeah, like, do you have a picture of you standing with one of the many, like,
1: ghost capes? Because the ghost capes are kind of cool looking. Like, look at them. Oh, wow. It's like full Scooby-Doo ghosts. Oh, dang. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, and those were built in the 80s, I think, from what I remember. And there's also a house that was built primarily out of 50,000 glass beer and liquor bottles Mm. in 1907. And it nobody ever really lived there, mm. but it is used in movies. so oh, that's you can, so cool. Yeah.
0: Oh. Yeah. Huh.
1: Yeah. Wait, which one is the one? There it is.
0: Huh. Yeah. Oh, cool.
1: Yeah, because the town had a bunch of saloons and shit, so they were not short on alcohol. So hmm. what do we do with all these bottles? I know. Let's build a house out of them that nobody's ever going to live in. <laughs> Good. Everybody in the ghost town has an old-timey prospector <laughs>
0: That's awesome. Yeah, so that's my short one. All right, so I started looking at international abandoned ghost towns, Yay. but then I also wound up in California at one point. I mean, that's um, basically and that's international. Okay. It's far away And when I was looking at international ghost towns, so Wikipedia has this fascinating list called List of Ghost Towns by Country. Whoa! Wow. Some of them, like, there are countries or provinces or whatever that have, like, even more specific lists. Mm-hmm. Like, I looked at one that just said, like, Canada, and says a bunch of these, you know, all these provinces have tons of abandoned towns and then you click on it and it goes like list of abandoned towns in Newfoundland and Labrador and when you click on it there's this like this massive list and so there's a show on Vice called Abandoned (laughs) and they talk about like shopping malls and you know amusement parks or whatever Mm -hmm. but they also did an episode just on Labrador and Newfoundland and it was really interesting to see like all of these towns on the coast, mm-hmm. in these, like, old fishing villages and stuff, that have just, like, that are down to, you know, just a handful of people, mm-hmm. or that are completely gone, and it's really interesting to see, just, like, there are some people who pack up everything, and there are some things that just, like, get left, Yeah, and you look at this, you know, s- house that still has a calendar up, oh, or, like, oh, a TV wow. up, and it's just... Or, you know, a, a, a convenience store, a tavern, or yeah. something that still just, like, has bottles it Has, and like, stuff. some really old Twinkies Yeah, and, shit. and it just, it sucks. Ugh. And so, that episode I do find to be fascinating. So, like, if you have, you know, someone's password to get, <laughs> you know, to stream things. I love that we're assuming our
1: audience doesn't have their own, like, Vice subscription. They're just going to borrow
0: somebody. I, I don't subscribe to anything at That's this fair. point except for NPR. Yeah. Or, like, like, WAMU. I'm a sustaining member yeah. <laughs> for public I mean, radio.
1: I donate. I'm a monthly donor to Planned Parenthood and the ACLU. I donate regularly to Wikipedia, and I pay for Hulu. Yeah, and I,
0: that's about I it. use I use everyone else's... Oh, and Amazon Prime. App, and well, I so I pay for Amazon Prime, but your yeah. Amazon Prime is connected to the TV. I know, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> so it doesn't matter. That I pay for Amazon Prime. But anyway,
1: this has been things we're Subscribing to. I, mean,
0: I, I do recommend watching Abandoned okay. to get a sense of some places like in, within Canada, because yeah. that's again like where you have all these industries that are gone either because of like over fishing, over logging, yeah. over anything, you know, pollution, whatever. Right. And then it brings it down. And then I was thinking, okay, other abandoned towns, I'm looking at the list and they're like Chernobyl or Fukushima. Oh. And I'm like, God dang it. Like those I, are bummers. Like, I don't want to do those. Those are bummers. Yeah. And then I was looking through the list and continuing to go through. And, like, a lot of ghost towns, especially around the world, and I, I kind of, like, discount America from this because right. we don't – the last war that was fought on our turf – like long term was the civil war yeah. right and so in other parts of the world because of famine mm. and like mines that run dry or like loss of factory jobs yeah. and war mm-hmm. right a lot of these towns end up being abandoned or like everyone in it is killed and oh, thus it, is it becomes a ghost, a ghost town, town. So I I tried to find some that were like not, you know, terribly terribly bummers. bummers. So I'm going to ta- first talk about Antarctica. Ooh. <laughs> the one continent down below <laughs> just tucked away there. The oldest ghost town. Are you town- talking about your vagina? <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> the oldest ghost town in Antarctica is on some an island called Deception Island. <laughs> Which I absolutely oh, love. I've watched that reality show. Deception Island. Welcome to Deception Island. We're in 1906, a Norwegian Chilean company, which Chile and Norwegian. I mean, Norwegian- friends at last. Nor- Nor- yeah. Company set up a whaling station at Whalers Bay, which they used as a base for their factory ship, the Gobernador Boris. Okay. Other whaling operations followed suit, and by 1914, there were 13 factory ships based there. The station ceased to be profitable during the Great Depression and was abandoned in 1931. Mm. In 1969, the station was partially destroyed by a. was partially destroyed by a volcanic eruption. What the fuck? In yeah. Antarctica? Yeah, in Antarctica. What the yeah. fuck? I, I don't know. There's um, fucking volcanoes and then, there? In Shit. addition, there's also a, many abandoned scientific and military bases in Atlantica, especially uh, in, on the Antarctic Peninsula. That makes sense. And then there's also an island called South Georgia in Antarctica, mm-hmm. which also had thriving whale settlements during the first half of the 20th century, and some of them had a combined population of up to 2,000 people wow. per year. So we had like a decent... Yeah, yeah. It had, yeah, but these abandoned settlements have become increasingly dilapidated mm-hmm. and remain uninhibited, except for there's a museum curator Ooh. whose family lives at one of them. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah.
1: Can you imagine growing up in Antarctica?
0: Right, and then there's a jetty, a church, and dwelling and industrial buildings that have now been renovated by the South Georgian government.
1: So, question. Yes. If you're the family that lives there, and you hmm. want to go to church. Does that mean one of you has to do church? I don't know. While the others attend? I don't
0: know. That's like, weird. It's like, yeah. all
1: right, Jimmy, it's your turn to be the pastor this week at church. Oh, mom, I did it last week. No, you didn't. Sue Ann did. I don't know why I've named I, these people yeah. Sue Ann and Jimmy, but whatever. <laughs> I say, like, there's...
0: Oh, yeah, look at that. It's like... It's a little bitty one. It's okay. technically part of Antarctica, but it's like the South Sandwich Islands. Delicious. So okay. yeah, there's just like one gotcha. tiny island. Yeah, look but see again. it's all yeah, see Yeah, there's some not ice there. There's just a little bit of not but yeah, you can see there's there's technically towns on that island. Oh, yeah, look at that. Yeah. Huh. But it's still technically Antarctica.
1: All right, if you live on South Georgia Island, email yeah. spoopowour at gmail.com. Also we want to be the number one. Tell us about your internet there. hookup. Yes. To, yes. Also curious. tell us about that. Yeah, and like what's the deal with the church?
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that was that was the the one that I found that wasn't like too terribly depressing. Yeah, that one's not a bummer. Yeah. yeah. All right.
1: So I stuck to the United States, and I primarily stuck to like old timey old west stories, yeah, yeah, yeah. so I could do my old prospective voice. Old but prospect this one actually takes place on our coast. Mm. So shout out to theghostdiaries dot and onlyinyourstate.com and kahaba.com. dot Okay. Because I'm gonna be talking about Cahaba, Alabama.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah It's on our side of the on our side of the the country. Yes.
1: Yeah. It's it's our ghost town. It's our ghost town. Yeah. Fight me. We live in DC. We live in DC. We live nowhere <laughs> close to Alabama. Nowhere close to Alabama. Anyway. From eighteen nineteen to eighteen twenty six, Cahaba was the state capital of Alabama. A thriving hub of the cotton industry. Cahaba was a great place to be a white person. Great. Until 1865, after this little thing, I don't know if you heard of it, it's called the Civil War, (laughs) and Cahaba didn't do great there. And, to top it all off, in the aftermath of the war, there was a major flood. So people flocked to other parts of Alabama because of the flood, and the antebellum period was not kind to Cahaba. The town of Cahaba quickly became a ghost town. Hmm. But, But, even before the town officially died... Spooky things were starting to happen. Waterphone, waterphone, waterphone. In the spring of 1862, during a beautiful moonlit night, a young lady and a young gentleman took a walk through the (sighs) woods. And I put in my notes, mistake. Also, I don't think they were married. So scandalous mistake. Yeah, I was going to say,
0: this is a scandalous mistake. Why would you walk through the woods at night in the 1800s?
1: They entered a so-called maze of cedars. I could not find a description of it other than a maze of cedars. Like, four websites said maze of cedars. And I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? I don't know if it's a literal maze or if it's just like a bunch of cedars that are kind of a maze. I don't fucking know. But anyway, this couple on their very romantic walk comes across this maze. As they made their way towards the center of said maze, they saw something weird. A large, white, glowing ball appeared in front of them, and it wasn't his gold nuggets. uh <laughs> <laughs> That was a testicle joke. That was a testicle Mom listens to this podcast. Hi. <laughs> it was floating a few feet above the ground and kept charting a strange course. It would float on one side of the walk, then zip to the other, get really close to the couple and almost touch them, then zip away again. Sasha is reaching towards me like I'm a glowing white ball and she wants to touch me. I want to touch you. You can't. Okay. You can't afford me. The couple being sensible were like, this probably is just like a trick of the moonlight and it's probably not real, so we don't really need to worry about it. So they retraced their steps, assuming that this time they wouldn't see the orb because it was obviously just like... The moonlight reflecting off of a squirrel or something. Yeah. Or noxious gas. Or something. Yeah. You know, swamp gas. Swamp, swamp gas. Like in uh, Men in Black, where it's always swamp it's gas. It's always swamp gas. It's always swamp gas. <laughs> Instead, the object came back and did the exact same thing. But this time, the gentleman was like, not today, Satan, and tried to grab the orb. But the orb, not today, satan him right back and darted out of his reach and disappeared into the night. Hmm. Other parties have now reportedly seen this orb called Peg's Ghost, (laughs) and paranormal experts agree it's just a particularly big Will-of-the-Wisp glowing orb ghost thing.
0: Just just your typical Will-of-the-Wisp.
1: That's something that comes up a lot where it's like, it's just glowing orbs, so it's just like a big one of those. (laughs) But there's a spooky backstory to Peg's Ghost. Little did the couple in the story know, because again, they were taking a walk in 1862, They had stumbled onto the property of Colonel C.C. Peggs. Aw, dang, I was hoping it was Colonel Sanders. And Well, he lived in Kentucky. That's true. Not Alabama. We know our geography. We don't. I don't. (laughs) None of us do. What even is a place? What is geography? We just don't know. Peggs' home, according to Cahaba.com, is a place for people to court and to forget. Like, that's how it describes it. So, do you forget courting or do you go there to forget other stuff?
0: I feel like you go there to forget about societal expectations and that's where those young people would go bone when yeah. <laughs> betrothed. Because they're like, I've forgotten all
1: about my sub and manners. You want to go bone by Peg's house? <laughs> <laughs> that's how they said it. Peg's himself met his end after the Battle of Gaines Mills in Virginia on June 27th. Okay. 1862.
0: So we can, like, kind of claim some of this. Yeah, we can for sure claim some of this.
1: And also, he died the same year that this couple saw the ghostly orb. Oh. He died two weeks after the battle due to injuries sustained, but maybe the orb pegs returned to frighten off wayward neckers and slutty unmarried walkers. Sluts. Yes, sluts. Holding hands with the opposite sex before you're married? Why, back in my day, we didn't even look at the opposite sex unless it was for a strictly business purpose. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) My day being 28 years ago. I will say, this isn't a spooky thing that happened, but part of yesterday, I was hanging out with a five-year-old, and the five-year-old was wearing a dinosaur shirt. So he was Mm -hmm. telling us about dinosaurs, and he said they lived a really long time ago. So we were like, okay, when was that? And he goes, ten years ago. You remember the Dinosaur War of 2008?
0: <laughs> there, there was something that happened at school recently where someone was like, yeah, and this is like, you know, like a while back and kind of like olden times. Uh-oh. and Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were talking, and they used olden in kind of a weird sense. And I looked at them and I went, you know, like, we didn't even have high-speed internet until I was in like middle school, high school. <laughs> How old do you guys think the internet is? And they were like, oh, we just thought I was around for a lot longer. And I no. was like, do you know how old I am? <laughs> They're like, no. And I'm like, I'm old enough to remember a time without internet. There hasn't and it been wasn't that here long for 37 years. Was like, it wasn't that long ago because I'm only 28. <laughs> and they were like, oh. There hasn't okay. been a here for 37 yeah. years. It was just a very strange thing to like, have to tell the kids. I was like, you guys... That's Say, not olden times. It's not olden times. It was 15 years ago. <laughs> it's regular times. It's regular times. Like, I don't think you guys even realize, that like, the iPhone's only been a- in existence for, like, 10, 11 years at yeah. this point. Yeah. Like, I feel like it came out, like, right when I was getting into college. Yeah. Be, like, 10, 11 years. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't think you guys know. Whatever. Babies. <laughs> Babies. <laughs> Kids don't know anything. That's why Kids I teach them. So they <laughs> might know something Kids. if they would just listen to <laughs> Back on topic, ghost towns, ghost from, towns. Ten from ten whole years ago. Ten whole years ago.
1: So You know should... the olden days when there were sock hops and everybody would take out their iPhones and it was before
0: they had portrait mode. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! <sighs> oh no! So I I didn't totally discount Japan because there's one particular place in Japan that is pretty notable as being a ghost town ghost yeah. typey thing and it's called Hashima Island. Mm-hmm. And so I got most of my 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 information from Atlas Obscura, Lonely Classic. Planet and Mysterious Universe. So Hashima Island first and foremost in 2015 became a UNESCO World Heritage site. Oh nice. And in The last 10 years or so, rather than having people just, like, willy-nilly take, you know, ships over there and, like, explore it by themselves, you know, illegally, Mm -hmm. they now have, like, legal guided tours through this area so that people don't, you know, like... Fuck shit up. Fuck shit up, but also because it's so old and so dilapidated they don't want people getting hurt and like oh, dying on the island that right makes sense. so they have like very much like particular guided tours through the less dangerous parts mm-hmm. so what is the island of hashima It was once a bustling community of 5,000 people who lived alongside the mines that they worked. Oh, it's always mines. Right? It was abandoned in the 1970s, so this one really wasn't that long ago. Yeah. And the island and its buildings have been left to the elements since then.
1: It was only a little bit before high-speed internet. Right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, but, in again, like, in more recent years, it became a UNESCO World Heritage Site. And then mm-hmm. there's also, actually, just this summer, National Geographic did a story about scientists wanting to preserve the island because of, like, how much, like, f- fauna and flora is, like, on the island now. Mm. I don't know if you're familiar with this character called James Bond. What does he do? He's a, he a bank? spy. <gasps> what? And in 2012... I'm just fucking with you Hashima. guys. I know who James Bond yeah. is. Don't ask me. Hashima Island was actually the island that was the villain's lair in Skyfall. Oh, Yeah, so okay. we had a like concrete island. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, they did aerial shots for it. That mm-hmm. was the, like, the inspiration. And then they built sets separately so they didn't actually have to film on Hashima Island. Because, again, it's it's very old. It yeah, would be it would structurally unsound. And Daniel Craig probably would have died.
1: Daniel Craig would have gotten smushed.
0: <laughs> so so coal mines operated on Hashima from the 1890s. And at one point, it was wow. actually the most densely populated place in, a, in the world. Wow. At its peak, over 5,000 miners lived with their families on an island that was only just about a kilometer long. Wow. And That's ju- a
1: lot of people to cram into that small Yeah, and it space. was just
0: half as wide. So, oh, yeah. fuck. And so the miners would work in mines up at depths of up to 660 meters. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was all coal because there had been this assumption by the mining companies in mm-hmm. Japan that, you know, that island off of Nagasaki, we bet that it has coal or something mm-hmm. like, just based on the geology of the area. Mm-hmm. And they were right. So when the mines did close, there was really no reason to still live there. Right. And so for many years, the I, the plan was to, like, let's, you know, let's use this island as, like, a landfill and then just, like, fill up the mines again and just abandon, you know, like, oh, let it, like, you know, gosh, tear yeah. everything down and then... Let's um, shove
1: garbage into these mines and then call it a day. Well, you know,
0: just, like, turn, maybe, yeah, like, turn it into a landfill and then just, like, yeah. you know, bury bury everything. But they decided instead to preserve it. So in its time... There were kind of two waves of success for this. One wave ended kind of during World War II, where a lot of the young men who lived on the island had to go and fight in the war. Mm -hmm. Then after the war, people came back, and then they were, you know, rebuilding Japan, Mm -hmm. so they needed a lot of energy and everything, so then it was bustling, and so people were able to, like, bring, you know, more comforts from home and TVs and everything.
1: Right, so it had, Um, like, a
0: whole boom-bust And it had, like, a whole boom-bust Yeah, boom-bust, boom, finally bust. But for the most part, you know, things were pretty rough on the island, even, Mm -hmm. like, when things were booming. During World War II, they had Korean and Chinese war prisoners do work because the other able-bodied people were gone. There was a crematorium on a nearby island. Like, they made that island into, like, a crematorium. Oh, okay. And then the churning seas were pretty intimidating. And, you know, some people would try to—some of those prisoners would try to escape, but— you know, they'd be swallowed they'd be, by the yeah. sea. And then when the atomic bomb was dropped on Nagasaki, it was only 15, it's only 15 kilometers away from Hashima. Oh. And so even the the structures on Hashima were shaking like yeah. from that bomb. But after the war, they did get, you know, they, they sent all the prisoners away. The living conditions on the island improved. They brought fresh water. They connected it from the mainland to the island. So... Like, it wasn't the worst, you know, place to live anymore. Because, again, before they had running water, it was just kind of, like, it it was a harder place to live. Right. And then people started getting, like, refrigerators and growing gardens on rooftops. And, like, it became its own kind of sustaining thing. They even had, like, you know, like, events at the schools. And they had, you know, dances and all of that. And it was just, it became a lot nicer. Yeah. But in the 60s, Japan started moving from coal to oil for power. And then Mitsubishi close, started closing everything and relocating people to other branches around Japan. Mm-hmm. And then 1974, the mines had been closed officially, and that was when there was like a mass exodus. A lot of people didn't even take their stuff, so you can see that there's like still just abandoned stuff. There are tables that are still set... There are, you know, fridges that had food in them. Oh wow! Um, there's just like you can go there and like see kind of everything just still the it's same just, as they it just always was. Everything. And it's really interesting though because now that there's nothing, no one there to do maintenance, everything through hurricane, you know, typhoon, mm. weather, salt air, everything has just like kind of started disintegrating, mm. and you just get these like giant skeletons of an island, and it's really cool to look oh. at like from a distance. Oh, wow, um, yeah. Because it still looks like there's a city there. Yeah. Um, but then you get up close and everything's, like, overgrown. But, yeah, and it's just oh, yeah. it's just desolate. Um, the movie version of Attack on Titan, I think, also used inspiration from this island in their set design. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, you can go and visit it, but you have to be on a guided tour. And there is, you know, some graffiti, some destruction and stuff by people from prior years, but mm-hmm. it's apparently, like, a really cool place to go to. Oh. Yeah. All right, and that's that island. All right, yeah. Ashima! Yeah. Didn't uh, seem like there were any ghosts. I kept looking for, like, any, like, things ghosts. about ghosts. And, You'd
1: think there would be, but And no. they were like,
0: no, no, nothing. No. It's not, like, it's what's spooky about it is it's, like, kind of sensed as a liminal place. Yeah. Where, like, things used to be here.
1: It's very, like, sci-fi movie set, you know, 200 yeah. years in the future, and, like, this used to be a place.
0: Right, but, yeah, yeah there's, like, no nothing written out about, like, there being ghosts on the island. It's yeah. just, like, you can see where people used to live. And I'm like, mm. okay. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. It reminded me a little bit, in Pokemon Alpha, Sapphire, and Omega Ruby, mm-hmm. there's a, an abandoned research, or abandoned, like, oil rig or something, mm-hmm. mining rig, mm-hmm. um, in the middle of the ocean that you can go explore. Uh-huh. And when you read the journals and stuff from the people who lived there, like, the sci- the, the workers who lived there... It has like the same kind of spooky vibe, like oh, okay. you know we're told to mine, we're told not to ask questions, and yeah. everything, and now it's you know, turned into a nature preserve.
1: Yeah. All right, so traveling back to the states, we're gonna visit Forest City, Colorado. Just kidding, it was rebranded Saint Elmo. So for the purposes of this, we're gonna call it Saint Elmo. Saint Elmo, like Saint Elmo of the fir- fire? P- quite possible. <laughs> Saint Elmo. I Christ. would assume so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I don't know okay. why it was named Saint Elmo. Or why it was named Forest City. It didn't seem that forested. Anyway, (laughs) thank you to Mix1043FM.com, PrairieGhost.com, and the aforementioned Ghost Diaries. Forest City, Colorado was, heavy air quotes, settled in 1878. Mm -hmm. According to the GhostDiaries.com, it was built to house railroad men, miners, and hardy women.
0: (laughs) Hardy women. I love it. I'm a hardy woman. Aren't we all Right. I'd hope I am.
1: 2018, year of the hardy woman.
0: Hell yeah.
1: Yeah, squeeze. Yes. So, in its heyday, St. Elmo was home to about 2,000 of these men and hardy women. Mm-hmm. Most notably, the Stark family, who were the only family who stayed in the town year-round. Because, as I put in my notes, the North remembers and winter is coming. And then, as I put in my notes, stop making Game of Thrones jokes, Courtney. Sasha hasn't seen it. It's...
0: I know enough. (laughs) I know enough to get by. You know the Stark family? I know the Stark family. Yeah, no, I I know enough because everyone else watches it and I just, like, learn from absorption. Yeah, I gave
1: up on it. Anyway, in its heyday, St. Elmo was a station on the Denver South Park and Pacific Railroad, and in 1881, Anton Stark came to town. He was a cattleman by trade, and he and his wife took up residence in the town along with their herd of cattle that they were going to sell to the railroad. Anton eventually became a section boss for a local mine, and his wife, Anna, operated the General Store and Home Comfort Hotel. By all accounts, Anna was a hearty woman. And as I put in my notes, sorry, I'll be over that when it stops being hilarious. (laughs) Hearty woman. She is often remembered as being harsh, humorless, and very, very strict with her three children. So maybe not mom of the year. According to legend, Anna believed that Tony, Roy, and Annabelle, her kids, were too good to associate with the common folk slash disgusting pores of the town. God. She also used this as an excuse to make the kids spend all their time working in the hotel and store, which is a super fun and healthy way for kids to spend all their time and turn out (laughs) well-rounded. Unfortunately, like many mining railroad towns, St. Elmo started to die out when the mines were tapped out. Mm -hmm. Eventually, everybody moved on to other towns, except for the Stark family. The Starks were convinced that St. Elmo was going to come back, so they're like, this is great, we're going to buy up all this property for cheap, and then when the town comes back, it's going to go great. But in the 1920s, the final nail in St. Elmo's coffin was the railroad was like, Yeah, you don't need to be a stop anymore. Nobody goes there. Oh, no. That's so sad. (laughs) Roy and Tony Stark, (laughs) which, like, I did not make that up, but I did not know know the origins of Iron Man, (laughs) but it was in this town. They grew up and spent their time trying to convince investors to build up St. Elmo again, which, spoiler alert, did not happen. Nope. Mm -hmm. And Annabelle after the death of her father, was sent to work in a telegraph office in Salida, which was about 20 miles away. As the legend goes, Annabelle was really excited to work in Salida because Mm -hmm. as a kid, she had never been allowed to interact with anybody outside of her family because of the aforementioned, ew, they're poor, we're too good for that. And she was apparently an attractive and passionate girl and it sucked to not be able to interact with anybody. In her life, As a kid, she was only able to go to one dance, which at the time, that's what you did. You went to fucking dances and you fell in love and you held hands and you necked in the woods. But sure enough, she gets to go to Salida and she falls in love and gets married to a young man named Ward. In 1922, she telegrammed her family to say, Got married, stop. Moving to Trinidad, stop. Suck it, losers, stop. But what happens next is a mystery. Nobody knows what happens in the next two years, but Annabelle moves back to St. Elmo, San's husband, and was alone once more. In 1934, Roy, her brother, and Anna, her mom, died. Annabelle and her brother Tony lived together in the increasingly dilapidated St. Elmo, but the isolation proved not good for them and they became super eccentric. Okay. While the hotel had never had plumbing, it now also doesn't have electricity. And Annabelle and Tony were hoarders. So they stashed papers, discarded food, and other garbage inside the hotel. Good. They also never bathed or changed clothes, leading to Annabelle's shiny new nickname, Dirty Annie. Dirty Annie. I'd like just to take a moment to say that this is complete and utter bullshit, because she's Dirty Annie and he isn't Dirty Tony. Right. But he's just as fucking dirty as she is. (laughs) Fucking patriarchy! Annabelle would often visit Salida in her filthy clothes, but despite her appearance and eccentricities... She was really nice to people she interacted with, and she was reportedly very generous. But she also roamed St. Elmo with a rifle to protect what was hers, so you really don't know what you're going to get when you run into Annabelle. Right. Could be anything. Is she going to shoot you? Is she going to give you a candy bar? We just don't know. Eventually, Annabelle and Tony were both committed to mental asylums. Upon their release, Tony died, and Annabelle lived out her remaining days in a nursing home until she died in 1960. And then it gets weird, because it was so normal It was so normal. Some friends of the family visited the hotel after Annabelle's death. Their grandchildren were playing on a lower floor of the hotel when all the doors slammed shut Ah, and the temperature dropped. No. The children, crying, told their family what happened and refused to go into the hotel again. Eventually, the woman who tried to revitalize the hotel was visited by spooky happenings herself. Each day, at the end of cleaning and repairs, she would put her stuff away into a closet, only to return the next morning to find the mops, brooms, and buckets back in the middle of each room.
0: That's really spooky. Right? It's too spooky. It's
1: too much. Even when she started padlocking the closet door, everything would make its way back out to the center of the room. So there's speculation that the ghost of Anna came back and was like, this shit's not clean enough, clean it! Because she was apparently very fastidious about the cleanliness of the hotel, and that's what she used the kids for. The final and most famous incident happened in the late 70s, A skier had rented a cabin near St. Elmo and reportedly saw the ghost of a, quote, very attractive and shapely girl, no mention of her Mm hardiness, in a white dress standing at a window on the second floor of the hotel. The skier was like, oh fuck, I'm seeing things because she knew the hotel was super locked up and nobody was in there. Mm -hmm. But then she noticed that the ghost was staring at something in the distance, something that turned out to be a group of snowmobilers riding up and down the street. The skier flagged them down to tell them that snowmobiling is against the law in the town of St. Elmo, mm-hmm. and they were like, oh, sorry, our bad, and they rode away. And once they were gone, the skier turned back around to the window of the hotel and saw that the woman was still there, and she nodded an approval at the skier for defending the town, and then vanished. Oh, no. <laughs>
0: what? Yes. Damn. All right. Some parts of that story reminded me of, do you know the author Daniel Wallace? Mm. He wrote Big Fish. Big Fish. Oh, okay. Yeah. He wrote a book a while back called The Kings and Queens of Rome, yeah. R O A M. Yeah. And it's about like a town, in this you know, anywhere in America that yeah. like gets abandoned or whatever and like has eccentric siblings who yeah, like. Yeah, that is yeah. pretty and much so what I was, I was thinking about that and there's also like an inn with ghosts. Yeah. And so I was just like, ah. Yeah, yes. that's basically St. Elmo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. And the last one that I have is actually in America. It's a. A location that I learned about in one of my American lit classes in college. Mm -hmm. Possibly the rise and fall of the American Dream. But this one is the Salton Sea. I think you've heard of it. Maybe. Okay. It's in California. Yeah. So the Salton Sea is kinda like what it sounds like. It's Salt and Sea. Wow. Um (laughs) so And also the letter N. Right. So it once was part of a vast inland sea that covered a large area of Southern California. Mm -hmm. Geologists estimate that for three million years, a large delta had been deposited by this Colorado River in the southern region of the Imperial Valley. Mm -hmm. And then the delta eventually reached the western shore of the Gulf of California, and it created a barrier that separated the area of the Salton Sea from the northern reaches of the Gulf. Okay. And so because of this barrier, the entire Salton Sea and the Imperial Valley were able to not be submerged. Like, there was this, okay. like, nice little barrier there. Okay. So, because of the exclusion of the ocean, the Salton Basin has rotated between either a freshwater lake or a saline, uh, selenic endorheic endohaic lake, where it kind of, like, will take water, but it doesn't have any outflow. Oh, um, Okay. And then sometimes it becomes a dry desert basin. That makes sense. And this lake only exists when it's replenished by rivers and rainfall, but it just, like, repeats the cycle over and over and over millions of years. Mm-hmm. So... During the 1900s, the California Development Company began the construction of irrigation canals to divert water from the Colorado River into the Salton Sink, which was at that point a dry lake bed. Okay. And then they made these irrigation canals, and then it became kind of fertile for a while, letting farmers plant crops. Mm. But then the Imperial Canal then became filled with silt from the Colorado R- River, so uh. then engineers were trying to figure out you know, how we can fix it, but then they just like couldn't. Mm. So then it caused a bunch of... Trouble elsewhere, mm-hmm. and then would kind of take the it, it just like was messing with this salt and sink area. Okay, but eventually it stayed filled as a lake and became a town. Like it kind of started like filling out with um, a train a railroad station, and Ooh. all of that, and some land that belonged to Native Americans ended up becoming submerged with water, and of so they couldn't. It did. Yeah, it just became this whole thing. Like as they kept testing, like how they can
1: figure out refill
0: the lake but then they were like messing with the colorado river some more and like stuff yeah so basically it was like an engineering nightmare great and part of it had to do with the like them building railroads and all of that yeah so eventually it was controlled and it became a resort area in the 1950s and so you had salton city salton beach and desert shores and then you had desert beach north shore and bombay beach And it was this, like, really idyllic thing advertised to a bunch of celebrities and people in Southern California saying, like, you know, this is an exclusive resort community, da-da-da, and was booming for a while, but then... The s- settlement started subs- shrinking in size and have abandoned, bec- became abandoned because the lake started getting salty. So what oh. started out as a freshwater lake created by a river, like, you know, that they did, you know, funneled water through the the Colorado River became, became salty. And then there was also pollution from agricultural runoff and oh, other sources. Good. And like, again, it was the kind of lake that didn't have any outflow, right? And so the fish that lived in the sea were killed off, and then there was algae blooms, and dead fish would just like wash up onto the shores. And so over the top, uh, over the time, they like just started abandoning it. Right. So you have these like amazing structures there, like 1950s atomic yeah. age type, you know, pieces, you know, mid-century, yeah. but it's all abandoned. Um, and apparently, there are a couple of geothermic Stations there okay. because there's also geothermal mud in the area. Oh, fine. And the smell of this area is apparently terrible. Just farts. It's the US Geological Survey literally uses the words objectionable, noxious, <laughs> unique, and pervasive. <laughs> oh, amazing. Yeah. The town of Nyland is about. 2.4 kilometers, 1.5 miles southeast of the sea, and has a thousand people living in it. Uh-huh. But no one lives in Sultan Sea proper anymore. But yeah, you can see like you know there used to be people who had big boat oh, and yeah. play there. And then this is a person with the, the abandoned boat that oh, they gosh. found on the ground, right? And you can see there's like in the bed, you can see there's like salt. Right? That's some holes shit. Right yeah, there. it it does seem a lot like. Like, Holes. Yeah. Um, this is, if like, a post... If you haven't read
1: Holes, there's a town that becomes a ghost town because it stops raining after they lynch a
0: guy. Yeah. This is, you and know... it's a great book and you should read it. Like, an, a postcard oh, from the Oh, glamour capital right? of Salton Sea. Right? There's, like, just dead fish oh, everywhere. yeah. Because the freshwater um, fish
1: are like, oh, fuck, we can't live here anymore.
0: Yeah. And so... And you can see, like, there's just oh, weird furniture... Yeah. Yeah. They've tried to revive the area a couple of times, especially for tourism, but it just like does not work out. Mm. If you live in Southern California, if you've been to Salton Sea, can you tell me more about it? Because I know my, like one of my teachers in college showed it, like told us about it, but it just seems kind of like an apocalyptic area. Um, It's really creepy. Photos can be a little bit gruesome because there are a lot of like photos of dead animals related to it, but... Yeah, but I might be going to Southern California nice. next year, but we'll probably just be staying like within Los Angeles and yeah. Anaheim. I want to go to Disney. That makes sense. Yeah. I drank the Kool-Aid and I really like it. <laughs> What's Mickey? a Disney drink? I I ate the, ate Dole, the Dole Whip <laughs> and I really like it.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, before you eat that Dole Whip again, <laughs> I have one last town. Upsettingly, this is the worst of the stories that I found. Yay! It's exciting, and it's probably false. So, in 1902, prospectors discovered gold in the Mar Hills and established gold. the city of Goldfield, Nevada. Gold!
0: <laughs> it, do we have Nevada listeners? I want them to tell us. I would imagine yeah. that we do. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We'll look yeah. it up after the episode. Okay. But if you're a Nevada listener, report back about your ghost towns. Because there were a lot yeah. while I was scrolling through. Like, a lot are just, like bust towns from the gold rush, but some of them are haunted, like this Ah! one. And the other one I talked about, Rhyolite. Yeah. So report back, Nevada listeners. So Goldfield quickly became the largest city in Nevada as a series of mines yielded millions of dollars worth of ore. Ore! Ore! (laughs) I don't know why that sounded seal-like coming from me. Ore, ore, ore. In addition to the mines, Goldfield was home to 35,000 people three newspapers, a whole bunch of saloons, five banks, and a stock exchange. Everything you could ever want. Hell yeah. But by 1910, the mines were pretty much tapped out and people started to leave the town. By 1920, there was almost no gold left in them, Hills, and the town only housed 1,500 people. Then in 1927, there was a big fire which destroyed 27 blocks worth of property. Now the town is almost completely deserted with fewer than 500 people calling it home. But... Way back in 1908, the town of Goldfield started its haunted legacy. (laughs) The Goldfield Hotel opened on the grounds of the burnt-down Nevada Hotel, so right off the start, probably haunted. That, yeah. Yep. Yep. Shortly after it was built, the hotel was sold to George Wingfield, who was the owner of the Goldfield Consolidated Mines Company, and he was a budding hotel magnate. The Goldfield Hotel was super ritzy, and it boasted the fastest elevator in all of Nevada, fine dining, and a private saloon. George Wingfield was accordingly a big deal, but But? he he was not a classy dude. As the legend goes, George was enamored of a sex worker named Elizabeth, but when he found out that she was pregnant, probably with his child, though some versions of the story say that he found out she was pregnant with another man's baby— But in either case, George did not react well. No. Instead of being like, hey, now's a great time for me to make an honest woman of you, or being like, we were both consenting adults, although the inherent power dynamics of me being a hotel and mine magnate and you being a poor sex worker in the 1800s are gross, but I would still like to do right by you and take responsibility for my role in this situation. Does he murder her? Instead, he kidnapped her and chained her to the radiator in room 109 to avoid scandal. Uh, oh, don't worry. He gave her food and water, so she didn't suffer that much. It's not like he was a complete fucking monster. Elizabeth spent her pregnancy terrified and screaming for help. Then, depending on which version of the story you hear... So, wait, if you're a guest in the rooms... In room-, room 108 or room 110. <laughs> right. You're like, huh, I guess there's a ghost that says, I'm not a ghost, I'm a pregnant woman, please let me out. Yeah, yeah real fucking bummer. Anyway, as, there are a couple different versions of the story. Elizabeth dies. Either she died in childbirth, or George murdered her after she gave birth. Uh-huh. Either is terrible. I They're,
0: think she, he, he murdered
1: her. I mean, he's a real shitlord, because... He then took the baby and threw it down an abandoned mine shaft. What the fuck? Yeah, he was a real fucking monster. Elizabeth's ghost now roams the hotel. She's typically dressed in a white dress, calling out to her lost child and generally lamenting her fate. She is commonly spotted near room 109, where she spent the majority of her time prior to her death. Poor lady. I know. And people often report hearing the sounds of a crying baby around the hotel, too. It's real sad. According to ghostsandghouls.com, there are also other ghosts that are slightly less of a bummer. There are the ghosts of two suicide victims: a man who leapt to his death off the roof, and a woman who hanged herself, and they hang out on the third floor. <laughs> there's also three child ghosts That's and good a that dwarf. They have friends. I know. Yeah. There's three child ghosts and a dwarf. Okay. Which, sure. Sure. And they just wander around the hotel and they're spotted in different places. And then there's also the Stabber, who
0: hangs out in the gold room on the third floor. I, I was gonna say, I like the idea of all those little children, like, running around getting into mischief, and then you said Stabber, and I'm like, you know <laughs> and what, I'm out. good, I'm out.
1: <laughs> I like to think the children hang out with Elizabeth. Yeah. 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 But the reason why the Stabber is called that is because he likes to lunge at people with a knife. He doesn't actually stab people. He's all, like, threat and no follow-through. Okay. And as soon as he lunges, he disappears. It's just a hilarious prank. I hate it. And that's the Goldfield Hotel in Goldfield, Nevada, a pretty much ghost town. Ah. Yeah, I told you. I was ending up real upset. Do,
0: do we have... Again, Nevada listeners, if you've ever been to Goldfield... Report back. Report back, please. We have questions. I have a lot of questions. Yeah. Yeah. Ghost towns. Ghost
1: towns. Have you ever been to a ghost town? Tell us about it. Did you see a ghost there? Did you see the bottle house?
0: Tell us. Have you seen those fiberglass ghosts in Rhyolite? Have you been to one of the, you know, the um, the internment camps in, oh, like, out in, yeah. out west and down south? Yeah. Yeah. I've heard that those are also, the like, kind of spooky ghost yeah, towns. Yeah, I, I can imagine. Yeah. Those would be, those would be yeah, like and stuff. bad energy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Oof. Yeah. So Coast tell towns. us about stuff. I guess um, uh. on my grandparents' farm, there's an abandoned house, yeah. um, like on one of their back back sections. Yeah. From probably the 1800s, and over the years, like now, I think it's got completely disintegrated. But yeah. there was a point when I was. Maybe, like, ten. My dad and I walked all the way back there, and we found the foundation oh, okay. was still there. And then you could see, like, there was still an old wood-burning stove because it's made of metal. Yeah. And then his the bed frame was still there. Oh, uh, wow. And everything. Uh, but we could see that, like, their floorboard... So it was a, probably a two-story thing, and, like, the right. kitchen was in the basement, with the chimney going all the way up and yeah. the bed would have fallen through the oh, thingy. Wow. Yeah. But it was really interesting. Cause like that was the land that my great aunt was planning on building a small cabin or small house on. Yeah. But she, she passed away breast cancer before she could do that. Oh. Um, and so the land actually went to my grandparents and so it oh, wow. be- became part of their farm. Like he, she was going to move up with my grandparents. Right. But yeah, so there's like abandoned like town structures, like, you know, house structures on, on our land that my family owns hmm. with our, Shiny we're towers. in a
1: pre-ghost town time. <laughs> where We're about to create a whole bunch of fucking ghost yeah. towns. So yeah, yeah. Uh, enjoy that on this very existential spook hour,
0: right? It's like, yeah, what what could go wrong to make you know this area become a ghost town, you know, or yeah. like your town or any town, right, yeah. become a ghost town? So it's it's terrifying. It's an existential thing that like everything that you know and love could just like vanish, and vanish. And, like, you have to just take every... You know, what you can with you and then just, like, leave. Yeah. So... Yeah, ecstasy crisis. I'm feeling <laughs> real bad right now. Alright, let's think
1: about happy things. Happy things. I met a dog yesterday whose name is Henry, and he's a fluffy cloud
0: boy. I saw two dogs wearing vests at JMU oh. yesterday. It was really cute. And I found out that my friend Dom, who sometimes listens to the podcast, hey, Dom. she has a little dog whose name is Rogelio. Oh. He's her bro-helio. Oh my god! She, she, loves, yeah, Jane she loves Jane the Virgin. Adorable. Um, but Rogelio is a very tiny dog and she got a vest for her and a vest for him and they're matching they're gonna take Aww, Christmas card photos that's so cute that's really cute see that's good and cats exist cats exist and Zelda wasn't being an asshole this no, episode, she was being
1: cute even though she puked on the stairs earlier I
0: mean um, that's
1: just par for the course honestly
0: I so got think to, of happy things yeah I got uh, yeah yeah. Just think about cute animals and cookies. You're here and you exist and you listen to our podcast and we're thankful you. for you. We love you deeply. Yeah. Yeah. So, so No ghost towns. No, no ghost people. No ghost Just towns love in your heart. and good energy and positive vibes all around. We're both gently rocking we're back gently and forth. We're gently rocking on the back couch. and forth. <laughs> anyway,
1: happy vibes, happy thoughts,
0: and have a happy rest
1: of your Tuesday slash week.
0: Happy spoop. Aw.
1: Hi, I'm Lindsay, and I am here with Daniel and Amber, and we are here to tell you about our podcast, 33% Pulp. We pick a Pulp Fiction novel based entirely on the cover because they're either funny or ridiculous. And then we split the book into thirds, we each read only our third, and then we recap it to each other and to you across three episodes, and it somehow comes together and makes sense. We hope that you give us a listen. We are 33% Pulp. And we're 100% excited to have you laugh with or at us. Bye. (laughs) Bye! It got real bad, y'all. Yeah. Basically what ended it for me, if you watch Game of Thrones, the moment where the Sand Snakes, the characters I was most excited about seeing depicted on screen, one of them says, you want a good woman, but you need bad pussy. And I basically flipped a table and got really mad, (laughs) because that's the dumbest fucking line. This is not my Game of Thrones podcast. Anyway. You have a Game of Thrones podcast? I mean, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Courtney's mad about Game of Thrones. Welcome to this 12-minute episode of me saying why I'm mad at Game of Thrones.